It's playoff time, and the Super Bowl matchup is set. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. deadline season is officially open we got our first big trade of the deadline season last night we'll get into that i am your host ryan gilbert and joining me this afternoon is joe DiMarini. how you doing joe i'm doing pretty good yeah some exciting times ahead now with the uh floodgates finally opening for the trade deadline yeah i mean we saw we saw lindholm be traded to the canucks big 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 addition for the canucks I, i've joe what what, what what tea you drinking there you said you're making a cup of tea. Oh, this is just a British breakfast tea with a splash of milk. Okay, but, uh, British breakfast. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my partner's big into tea, and she she likes Yorkshire tea. I'm not sure if you're you ever had that. Yorkshire tea. Maybe at some point. I don't know. I I it's love good. just um, like it's called builder's tea, so it's like over brewed. It's like hmm. really strong flavor. So that's how I do it. I have to look into that. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's just get right into it here. The uh, Elias Lindholm trade came down on Wednesday night, I believe. Yeah, during our during our Bush Rocky meeting there, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Elias Lindholm traded to the Canucks for uh, Andre Andre Kuzmenko, uh, defenseman Hunter Brusowitz, and Yoni Yermo, as well as Vancouver's first round pick in this year's draft and a conditional fourth round pick in this year's draft. I'm not sure what the conditions are that, are that on. They got Elias oh, Elias. It's, uh, I think, if the Canucks make the Western Conference final, it turns into a third-round pick. Okay, yeah, that, 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 that's not too bad. Uh, Linton this season, 32 points in 49 games, only nine goals, but he's been 22 goals last year, 42 goals the year before. You know, he's a pretty solid f- top-six center. I think I saw Canucks might play him on a line with the other Elias, Elias Pettersson there. Could have uh, the, the Elias line working out mm-hmm. there in, uh, in Vancouver. Um yeah, what are your initial thoughts on this trade, and and like you know, how does this affect the Flyers? Everyone loves to talk about how things affect the Maple Leafs, but this is a Flyers podcast. So, how does this affect the Flyers? How does this affect the Flyers? Well, I think uh, for Vancouver, it's a good move for them. They are just having a dynamite season, and what's PDO? You know, just just <laughs> ride those highs right if right off into a Stanley Cup final. So. Uh, I admire them for pushing all the chips in and just being like, screw it, let's go. Um, it is, I also am wondering if they think they can get Elias Lindholm locked up over the summer because he was a pending free agent. This was not a sign in trade. So, yeah, I think they see maybe a little bit more than a pure rental here. They just haven't done the paperwork for it. Uh, for Calgary, you know, this is where it affects the Flyers. If Calgary is moving on from Lindholm, it means that Chris Tenev and Noah Hannafin are most likely available at this deadline. And on pretty much every trade bait board available, Hannafin and Tenev are two and three behind Lindholm. 
And with Lindholm out, they're now numbers one and two. Um, that They're both defensemen, and that puts kind of a damper on the market for Sean Walker and Nick Sealer. Yeah, yeah. Tanev, I think, is now the number one on the on the trade bait board of, of TSNs. I mean, Sean Walker now moves up to three with Lindholm gone, with Monaghan in the middle. I think the one good thing, though, is that, like, I think Tanev is more of like a physical defensive defenseman. Walker is more of like a puck mover, can can help out the power play. So may not necessarily be the same teams looking for those two guys. But yeah, I mean, this clearly signaled the start of a, of a fire sale there for the Flames. Lindholm going, Hannafin's been been rumor in rumors. Tanev, they have to trade now. And yeah, this, the writing was on the wall here for, for uh, Calgary. They're at, at Hockey 500, but they're out of the playoff race. And yeah, yeah, this is this this is great for Vancouver. Their PDO just keeps going up. They, I mean, they have a great goalie. They have maybe it's just skill. Maybe maybe their their PDO is just due to their skill. Now, the one the one bad thing this this affects the Flyers is this probably um, helps enforce Rick Tockett's case for the Jack Adams, which I was hoping that Torch oh. could get if the Flyers made the playoffs. But I mean, now Canucks are second favorites behind the Bruins for the President's Trophy. And I feel like if that happens, then Taki just has to run away with it more than he's already running away with it. I think he's like even a money right now. To, to win. I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of the Jack Adams. I was just looking at this from a player perspective and not even considering the coaching. Oh, yeah. I, I, as someone, if I'm looking at it from a, from a gambling perspective, I, I have some some future bets on Torch to win the Jack Adams at like twenty to one, and, and he's back up to fifteen to one now after this five game losing streak and, and the Canucks getting getting Lindholm here. Hey man, um, if, if uh, Sam Harrison goes on a heater in the playoffs, then if <laughs> if bad goaltending is enough to get coaches fired, good goaltending should be enough to get a coach a Jack Adams, which I think has happened many times. So, you know, let's see it happen again. Yeah, I mean, people have said like, you know, if Tortorella gets the Flyers in the playoffs, they're they're going to vote for him, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see if that, how, how this changes for Tockett. Uh Flames get back Andre Kuzmenko in the deal. Kuzmenko's been disappointing oh, yeah. This year, uh, for the for the Canucks, twenty one points in forty three games. Last year, thirty nine goals, seventy four points in his rookie year. He is twenty seven years old, going to be twenty eight in a few days. Here, played a few seasons in the KHL, which is the reason why he, he's so old. But yeah, I guess the Flames may not be going for a true rebuild here. Or I think that was also more of a more of a salary dump. I believe. I think he's not under contract for for too much longer next season at 5.5 million he's mm-hmm. gonna be 28 i feel like that's a good building block for them and they they can't really rebuild because they have huberto locked up they have cadre locked up so they need Weaver. they need a retool as, as chuck fletcher loves loves to call it they have better assets to retool with do the flames than anything that the flyers could have done to possibly effectively retool um this lindholm trade is like the first part of it um, and then if Tenev and Hannafin both command first round picks as well, Calgary'd be walking into this draft with four firsts. Um, although one of them, one of their firsts is a conditional. I think it's part of the uh, Moynihan cap dump that they did. Mm, yeah. um, let me double check that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was sent to Montreal with Sean Moynihan as part of a cap dump. Um. If they are truly retooling, I wonder if they even use those picks and if they maybe flip them for a roster player to try and keep going for it. 
Yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead here. We'll get into this more later, but maybe a, a Travis Konechny up there in Calgary could be could could fit that fit that timeline. Uh, oh, we'll he'd, see. He'd if, look if, so if good it, in a Flames jersey. He he really would. He really would look look so good up there. And yeah, they're going to need somebody with with, with some snarl, with some uh, chippiness to their game, and Konechny certainly is that. I mean, I'd love to see him here in orange and black for the foreseeable future. But whatever's best for, I mean, if if Vancouver or Calgary comes calling with a few first round picks for him or some sort of swap, like you have to be, you have to have your your ears open there if, if you're Danny Breer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that so the the defensive. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Market now is, is kind of interesting. Like you said, the Flames are now pro- probably going to trade their two top defensemen. I guess Hannafin's not necessarily, he's number 19 on the trade trade bait board. So maybe because of his cap hit, he's not as much, or maybe he's not as sought after. I think he also may have a no move clause. Um, he has an MNTC, yeah, um, but so does, so eight, does Tanev. Eight, yeah, eight, eight team no trade list for... Hannafin and Tanev has a 10 team no trade list. So there's still plenty of uh, plenty of options there. And I'm sure they'd waive it given the fact that the Flames are clearly not making the playoffs this year and they'd want to go somewhere where they can compete. Yeah. I mean, Hannafin, uh, apparently, they there were extension talks going on earlier in the year. And then Calgary had like a pretty bad losing streak. And Hannafin was like, yo, no, put a hold on this. And I think Calgary was also like, we got to, we got to table this for now. The other notable thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. The other notable thing about Noah Hannafin is that he just turned 27. He is like Travis Sanheim's age, right? Like he's not an old dude. So any team that's probably looking to acquire Hannafin is also seeing him as like a more long-term solution uh, for their roster. Um, Chris Tanev is 34. Um, he's just that veteran D presence that the playoff teams are going to love. But Hannafin isn't just a playoff guy. He could be a like a, a key piece of a top four for a team for several years during their own window. Yeah, I mean, he's someone they, they could definitely either get for a rental and see how he plays or just trade for him and with the idea of extending him in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... He went from Carolina up to up to Calgary, so we'll see where he goes next. Yeah, in the Flyers' land, though, also on the trade bait board, you got Sean Walker now at number th- yep. moving up to number three. You have mm-hmm. Nick Sealer up to twenty-one, and Morgan Frost kind of caught me by surprise uh, up to number nineteen. Now he was at number twenty, but let's focus on those, those two defensemen. I mean, we talked about it last show a bit with Kelly, but Sean Walker, I mean, has to pretty much be gone, right? Like, like if you can get a first-round pick for him, you have to move him. Yeah, I mean. Especially after getting Drysdale, you've. We, I never thought I'd say this, but they now have a bit of a jam at right shot defenseman, which is a wild thing to be thinking. Um, no, he he's he's got to he's got to get traded. Maybe in the off season you talk to him and you're like, hey, if you want to come back for like a cheap contract and get traded again at the next deadline, could talk then. But this this might be a found money. 
Yeah, the, yeah. The, people always say that, like, "Oh, we'll trade you for a rental and you just sign back in the offseason." But that that rarely happens. But yeah, the Flyers don't have a ton of right-handed defensemen. Obviously, adding Drysdale was was a huge addition at that point. Ristolainen's under contract through twenty twenty seven, so he's going to be probably second pair guy. So if I mean Drysdale, Ristolainen as your two top right defensemen, if you had Walker there as a as a third or to you know switch up with two. First line, it would be good, but the Flyers aren't ready to, to compete quite yet. Um, it looks more likely that the Flyers may re-sign Nick Sealer, which uh, 30 years old, he, he's become. I, I, I've I've warmed up to Nick Sealer this season. I, he's been, you know, he's always in the lineup. He's gonna block shots. He's gonna be out on the penalty kill. He's ideally a sixth, seventh defenseman, but like. What would you need for Nick Sealer to trade him? Like, would you need like a sixth, seventh round pick like they got for Gustafson a few years ago? Would you need like a fifth? For me, like, I think Sealer would be a part of a package deal. I'm I'm all aboard the trading um, Wheeler and or Walker and and Sealer together. Wheeler, the Wheeler pair right there. The Wheeler trade pair. Them together. Get, trade into Toronto. Toronto needs defense. They have a, a third pair they can just insert right there. Walker can help out on, on the power play. Sealer on the penalty kill. Like, or Sealer and another guy we'll get to later in the show, Scott Lawton. You know, it's kind of like a a poor man's Dimitri Olof, really poor man's Dimitri Olof <laughs> and Hathaway to Boston last year. But like Lawton's a bottom six guy that can kill penalties. Sealer's a bottom, bottom pair guy that can kill penalties, be both great in the room. So I, I think. I'd like to keep Sealer, but like if a team comes calling with a fourth or fifth round pick, or if you can throw him in for a sweetener in a deal, I think you have to move him. I tend to agree. I'm not sure I re-sign him. Um, however, if the best you're able to get for him is like a fourth round pick, and we're looking at March 7th, it's like you know minutes to midnight. The deadline is upon us, and still the best you can get for Nick Sealer even as part of a package as like a mid late round pick and the flyers are still in a playoff position. That's the key here. If the flyers are still in a playoff position and you can't get a good return for Nick Sealer, with his contract being what it is, I would almost consider him an own rental for like a playoff push. I know that sounds crazy, but like maybe I... like it's not the worst thing to happen in the world. Cause if you'd have to assess is that late round pick better than the opportunity to get playoff experience for the young players with Nick Sealer being kind of a key part of the defense this season? Yeah, that, that, that that's a great point there. Like if they haven't made a decision on him come the trade deadline and the Flyers are, you know, maybe not quite in the same position they're in right now because they're a few points up on a playoff spot, I believe. But if they're like in a wild card spot or right on the right on the cusp and you have him playing well with I don't even know who he, who he'd play with. Maybe pair him up with Zamula on the third. Zimula. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. If they sign him, it's going to be like a Ryan Paling or cheaper deal, like two years, like one point five million a year. But just which is fine. Which is fine to pay for a sixth, seventh defenseman, a good veteran presence who they'll really be missing. I mean, it'll be Ristolainen and, and Sanheim as the two oldest guys. Provided they they do trade Mark Stahl, which I hope they can just trade him for a pack of bag of pucks or something. I would take Mark Stahl for a fourth round pick. That oh, no, the, that there's no way they're gonna they're, they're not getting more than a seventh round pick for for Mark Stahl. I, well, come on, GMs is, are stupid. Like Mark Stahl was an integral part of the Florida Panthers' top four on their cup run last year. GMs won't forget that. Uh, what what he got traded at last year's deadline? No, no, he was a he was a Panther, wasn't he? 
like the whole year um, i'm trying to look for now um no they, they did a trade for i think it was with detroit um i mean i'm gonna look into this red wings trade mark stall it was at the previous oh no it was at the deadline no no it wasn't it was it was not at the deadline okay yeah he I, played I a full wrong. 82 with the panthers it looks like yeah yes uh, yeah i mean you might you might get a get a a gm that's like oh i need this need this veteran defenseman with playoff experience and he God, has it oh, I, top of my shopping list mark stall let me go out and get him <laughs> um so yeah i mean i mean sealer sealer yeah he's he's a good guy to have around but if you can throw him in for a sweetener i think you you have to have to deal him there i would love if this was the first time that an entire defensive pair was traded i still think that would be so fun if they can if they can get a team to bite on the walker sealer the wheeler the wheeler pair yeah and like it wouldn't even hurt the flyers too much with drysdale like you move mm-hmm. you move york wrist lining up to second pair put some moolah and i don't know louis louis whatever his name is or one of the eight or belpedio adard belpedio yes belpedio or or call up adard or, or one of the house grands or victor mete down in the ahl like get get get, get them some experience in the third pair rotate them in a little bit definitely definitely can't hurt there yeah i mean if if the flyers are looking like they're out of a playoff position at the deadline then the rest of the season should be like giving some of the prospects in the ahl a cup of coffee to come up and see like this is what the big show is like you want to stick here. This is what you've got to work on in the off season. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a huge point. I would like trade out these two defensemen, like they've been doing with you know. I didn't like sending down Brink, but Lixell's been was good in his few games. Mm-hmm. Call up you know someone else to fill the fourth line if 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 you trade Lawton or Hathaway, we'll, we'll get to them. And yeah, mm-hmm. get, get these guys some experience and hopefully push for the playoffs. And you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, if they're in the playoff picture in mid to late March, you can get these kids some, you know, meaningful experience. Well, it's not the playoffs, but it's, it's high intense hockey where it's, you know, that same atmosphere. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there was, there was, I guess the biggest piece of flyers news today on Thursday was Darren Dreger reporting that the flyers are gauging, gauging interest on Scott Lawton. Uh, I also mentioned Lawton in my article of three flyers with term that the flyers should consider moving at the deadline. Uh, Lawton is under contract. Through... Where did you write that article, by the way? Where, oh, that was website? at uh, Broad, BroadStreetHockey.com. If you want, you want to check out check out that website there. That's um, right. Yeah, he has a three Please subscribe. Million... <sighs> subscribe, like, comment, all, all the good stuff. We just restructured our uh, memberships, and uh, if you get in the ten dollars tier, oh, you can join yeah. us on Discord. Come on, we yeah. got to put a little bit of a little bit of an ad read in here. The, the, the Discord's going to be good. Discord's going to be popping off, especially during games. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you guys all join us in there. Yeah, and anyone in the Slack chat can attest that I talk a lot. So get in <laughs> yeah, that Discord because I it, will be there a lot. Yeah, and the thing is, like in the Slack chat, like it feels sometimes like you're talking to yourself, so you stop saying mm-hmm. stuff. But in the Discord, it's going to be a bunch of <laughs> bunch of diehard fans in there. It's going to be not nonstop talk during games. Hopefully, hell yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt the Scott Lawton. Let's do it. No, yeah, Scott Lawton, 29 years old, three million cap hit through 2026 in the middle year of his five-year deal which when people signed it he was going to be a rental there at the 2021 trade deadline people were not you know they thought it was maybe a little bit too long for him but he's become one of the flyers biggest leaders he's wearing an a he's probably would have been their captain if they were forced to name a captain 
he has all the leadership material, but his on ice play has not been good this season. I, when I was when I was looking up researching from an article, his expected goals four percent I think is one of the lowest among Flyers forwards this season. You know, obviously last year he put up eighteen goals. He wasn't going to do that again this year. No. But you, you, you'd like to see him put up some numbers: five five goals, fifteen assists for twenty points in fifty games. Good on the penalty kill. You know, him and Konechny are great, great there on on the yeah. power kill. So. That should make him um, interesting to other playoff teams that need that help. Add that bottom six star, like I was talking about. But yeah, there were reports from I think pretty reliable sources that they turned down a first round pick for him at last year's draft. I mm-hmm. hope they could still get a first round pick for him. I would probably take that. But le- but like we were saying w- with Sealer, like if they're in a playoff spot, are you going to value that? a late first round pick because it would be a, a playoff team. So like in the high twenties, if not thirties or keeping him to be a, a leader for these young guys and hopefully get, get that experience moving forward. Yep. I, I mean, first things first, I just want to point out that Scott Lawn's shooting percentage, his career average is 9.3. His current shooting percentage is 4.6. He is just mm. snake bitten beyond all belief. Um, there, there has to be some positive regression for that at some point, I would hope. Um, so he might not be... He's been bad, but he might not be this bad. Um, as far as trading him, I almost would still say no, even if it is a late first-round pick, because he does still have years left on his contract. You know, you don't have to do it right now. This... We have time. I, I think I talked about this on the last episode. We have time to make these decisions. You don't have to make them all right now, immediately. Go, go, go. Because like Danny Briere said at the very beginning when he announced the rebuild, this is not going to be a fire sale. So this kind of is like a patient approach. Like, let's see what we can get. Let's gauge the market. Let's hold off until we're sure this is the best thing that we can do. Yeah, that that is the benefit of having him until you know two more years after this one. Like mm-hmm. we talk about, like it does make more sense for like trades for those to to be off season trades. Let them finish out the year with the boys. Let them fight fight towards the playoffs. But like, yeah, if a team comes with if it's if it's a first round pick straight up for him, I'd probably want to do it. Obviously, depending where the Flyers are in the playoff picture, depending how how Cates looks. I've liked how, how he's looked. He's been, he's been good since coming back from injury, depending how Real Morgan good. Frost, depending how Morgan Frost looks like he's I'm not sure if he's just having a hot streak right now, or if this is like his, his second half of the season when he just goes off. But yeah, uh, Lawton is going to be a guy that comes up in trade rumors, every deadline, every off season until he's either traded or his contract runs out. Like he's just uh-huh. a, a player that any, any team would love to have on their team. Like he, he's going to, Give us 100% every every night out there. He can play up and down the lineup. He can play center. He can play wing. He can even play second line wing during during that uh, 2020 year. He was up there with Konechny and, and Hayes on the second line, and he was yeah. he, fit, he fit right in. So he's Swiss Army knife, great guide in the room, great great leader, w- would really hurt to lose um, off the ice. But, you know, on the ice, if you can get a first-round pick, I, I mean, it would I would have a hard time saying no if, it, if it's a first-round pick. I... I don't know if I would trade Scott Lawton straight up for a contender's first round pick. However, if I was packaging him with a Flyers first round pick to move up some number of spots in a draft, then I could see it working. Or if he was part of a package deal to bring back like 
borderline premium asset because I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it's the, this is like the tough, like a, such a tough question because he means so much to the team right now. He could be useful if they're in a playoff position, and he has so many years left on his contract that you don't have to make you don't have to pull the trigger on anything right now. Um, yeah, let, let me yeah. Uh, let me take you back to the 2014-2015 season before you're uh, sure, before you were before, my before you were a Flyers fan before you yeah. you knew about the, this torture that was uh, Flyers hockey. <laughs> um, yeah, they they were out of it. It was was that Hextall's first year. Hextall was about to come in. Whatever. Um, they traded Tiemann in. They traded Tiemann in to the Blackhawks for a second rounder, and they traded Braden Coburn for to the Lightning for Gudis, a first rounder and a 2015 third rounder. So, but then. That's the thing you can do with a first round pick. Like you can just use that first round pick later in the draft to True. trade up. And then in that draft, the Flyers traded up a few spots to get one Travis Konechny. And that was yeah. a fantastic pick by them. So that's why I think if a, tr- if a team comes at you at the deadline and you're not in the playoff spot and you're confident in Frost and Cates and Paling to hold down the, you know, bottom three centers behind Couturier mm-hmm. as tough as it would be to, to lose Lawton from a, a, like a fan perspective. I think in the long run, the potential upside of a first round pick is um, too much to pass Better. out for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'd, if it, if it did go down that way, I'd be very much like I can see the logic and I understand it, but I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the hard part is, is like, mm-hmm. It's becoming where some of the Flyers' best asset, best assets, are also their their best players and fan favorites, like it was with you know Wayne Simmons and now Lawton and even Konechny. People are talking about like it's going to be hard to trade these guys, but it's you know oh. it's it's all if it ends up with you know a few playoff runs or or, or you know God willing a Stanley Cup in a few years, I think we'll, we'll be able to look back on it with uh with 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 fond memories, but um. Yeah, I completely forgot to mention uh, on that TSN trade bait board, we didn't touch on Morgan Frost. Morgan I was Frost. I was surprised yeah. to see him on there, especially higher than Nick Sealer. I guess that's only by two spots, but I guess that's due to you know the whispers coming out that the Flyers may want to re-sign him. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think Morgan Frost has necessarily gotten a fair shot with the Flyers throughout his career, especially not this year. You know, he's been been up and down, been in and out of the lineup, but now, like a toilet since, seat. Like a toilet seat. Yes, the toilet seat is currently up. So we'll see if that mm-hmm. see if that stays up. Or ever is it down? It, what's what's the good part? Yeah, because if it's up and you try to sit, you're just gonna fall in. But if it's down, yeah. you can sit. Yeah. I, I guess it, it I guess it's like a glass half full. Is like like half full or half empty. Is it toilet seat up or toilet seat down? Like it, <laughs> it depends depends how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, Morgan Frost. I don't know. He also seems like it would be a, an off-season trade. Mm-hmm. I could see him being someone moved to Ottawa. Ottawa's a team we're, we're going to keep bringing up time and time again because they have so many good young players. Jacob Chikrin is apparently potentially being moved out. The Flyers would absolutely love to add him. No, um, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't do what? Jacob Chikrin? I don't think so. You don't like, like Chikrin? I think he's good, but... I don't know if that's like a good move for the Flyers. Is it? Um, he may be a bit older than I than I think. Uh, I, admittedly, I, I don't exactly know. I mean, he's a top four defenseman. I think he could be a top pair defenseman. 
I think his contract is good for the next two years. He's under contract for 4.6 million and a free agent in 25, 26. So they, they could bring him on board. He's played both left and right side, apparently, according to cap friendly here, it has him listed as both. So I wouldn't mind adding Chickering to it, to a Drysdale and getting a, you know, a, a decent, he is 25. That, that, that is, is the 25. one thing. 25 um, turns, tw- turns 26 in March. So he'll be, yeah. you know, he, he's too old for the Flyers timeline, but it feels have... like that's, that's a win now kind of move. Um, I don't know. It might be too soon to make that kind of trade unless like you can get him for nothing. If it's Morgan Frost for Jacob Chikrin, I mean, <laughs> I would take that deal. That sounds all right to me. Yeah. But the center, I mean, they they have Pinto who, who they, they could barely sign uh, mm-hmm. Ridley Gregg, Ridley Grieg, a 21 year old uh, forward. They have, they have guys, you know, and, and they want to, they need to shake up as well. So I, I could yeah. see the senators being there. But yeah. Frost. I don't know. Cause because I think we talked about this in in the in the, in the Slack chat that like the Flyers don't have many centers with with high ceilings and you no. know Frost's ceiling might be a second line center and he's playing that right now and he's playing it well and I do like the chemistry he's been, he's been forming with uh, with Joel Farabee I think that was a good line they had going there for a bit I can't see him being traded in season though I I, I don't know what you think no I I would be kind of surprised about that because if playoff teams are looking for experience and veterans morgan frost is not an experienced veteran to take you on a playoff run uh so i can't see a contender really wanting to go for him um maybe maybe it's similar to like what the canucks did at the last deadline they traded the first round pick that they got for bo horvat to pick up philip Hronick out of uh the detroit red wings and neither the Red Wings nor the Canucks were in a playoff position, and it didn't look like they were. Either team was really going to make it that season, so it was kind of like a let's get ready for next year by making this deal now, and seeing where it goes. Maybe something like that happens with Frost, but I, I'd probably keep him, just because. We forget that he was injured for a significant amount of time at the beginning of his playing, like his professional career. Um, and that delayed his development. It just, maybe there is more there. I feel like we should wait a little longer to see it. Uh, I, I agree. I think the only way they trade him in season, if it's like a, a change of scenery thing, like a quote unquote hockey trade where you're getting back yes. a, a similar player, like, like going back to uh, Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. I mean, that didn't really work out too too good for either side. I don't think for Columbus. I guess Nashville may have got got some runs out of it, but yeah, Frost being on the trade bait board definitely surprised me. Maybe that's just maybe the Flyers are still you know listening on him. Maybe teams have called, but I just want him to put him on the second line, yeah. put him give him give him at least one consistent winger and, and see what he can do the rest of the season because because this is ultimately about two or three years down the road. It's not about, okay, what do we need to do this year? It's about, okay, can, can Frost and Farabee, can that be a second line behind Tippett bringing in a first-line center and, and Konechny? Like, like if you can build a second line and then you ha- know you have to go out and, and buy a, buy a first line at some point, you have to have some pieces in place to mm-hmm. until before you add on. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I, I, it would have to be a hockey trade. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, other other Flyers news, Flyers articles written. Uh, I wrote one today about players with term. Not because it's Walker, it's Sealer, it's Stahl. Those are only pending free agents the Flyers have coming up. But along with uh, along with Frost on there, Frost and uh, you know he, I did not mention him, but Scott Lawton I did mention, as well as Cam Atkinson and Garnett Hathaway. Let's we can start with Lawton. He, he's probably the most most probable right now, especially because that report did come out today about them gauging interest on yep. him. We, we talked about him first round pick. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about him, him pretty much already. I, I don't know. I, I the, the, the more I, the more we talk about it, and the more I think about it, the more I think I, I want to move him. Just because, yeah, it's it's tough, but it, it, disconnecting it, I feel like I, I do definitely do lean that way. I think I think I'm coming around on it too. Again, though, I, I want to see where the Flyers are at the deadline. Again, and what the offers are, of course. Like, I'm not going to sell him for nothing mm-hmm. because he's not a pending, uh, yeah. unrestricted free agent. You don't have to sell him for whatever you can get. You can be like, we don't like this market. Let's wait till the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Along with Lawton, had Atkinson on there. Who I don't know. Atkinson is probably one of the few disappointments on the flyers this season, you know, he wasn't expected to be great coming back from, from that injury. He, he's been better, you know, he's been fine. He's been he, he got that healthy scratch real good lately. It's up to 28 points on this season, which is fifth on the team. So I guess that is mm-hmm. kind of better than better than I thought there, but yeah, I think he's somebody, he has one more, more year on his deal, 5.875 million. So that is a bit much, but, I wouldn't mind the Flyers retaining half of that salary and, and trading them to a team that's looking for some some score, some scoring punch. He can he can help out on a, on a probably a second power play unit. He can he can kill some penalties. He, he's not necessarily doing that too much for the Flyers. I think he's probably on their second or third PK unit, but mm-hmm. he's still a you know good all around player. Um, it, but the big thing is that he's just blocking blocking other players from coming up and playing. Like you trade him, you, you plug him bring up Bobby Brink to put in his spot and you're not, you're not missing too much from that. And you're gaining. I don't, that's the thing though. I don't know what the flyers will get back for Atkinson. Like I, I have no idea if it would be like a, a mid round pick possibly because of his cap. So I think it would depend on that. And I think it would probably be a bigger trade than just Atkinson or. Yeah. I, I, think I, I don't know. He could maybe end up as part of a package, like part of a deal. I'm wary to retain. Sal- I'm wary to trade him just to retain salary. Because the Kevin, um, the Kevin Hayes, the Flyers already have Kevin Hayes as a retained salary uh, until the end of the 2026 season. Mm-hmm. You add Atkinson, that's a retained salary until the end of 2025. You can only retain three salaries at any given yeah. time. That means the Flyers only have one retention slot. Um, I don't know if I want to clog up all of those retention slots so quickly. Just because the Flyers are in a great position to be a broker this season. And that is especially valuable because the cap is still stagnant. The cap is supposed to go up a lot over the next few years, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Teams aren't going to be hurting quite as badly to try and bring in rentals at the deadline. This is the last year that you can really, really take advantage of having cap space for contenders to... uh, dump salary into you so that they can get the players they need for a Stanley cup push. I I like that. I I think that's something Briere could could definitely do is kind of weaponize the the cap space that they have a little bit, little bit. And 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 I would, 
yeah, I was just going to say that that's why I wouldn't do Cam Atkinson quite yet, because I don't want to eat up that retention slot at this deadline. Um, I kind of want I kind of want to hold that slot for now. Yeah, I feel like we could definitely hold that slot potentially for for a Ristolainen trade. Uh, there were some comments asking why I didn't include Ristolainen in that article. Mm-hmm. I, I just think they, that would be a hard trade to do in season, much like a lot of yeah. these players that are, aren't rentals. You don't see teams making those deals very often. But yeah, he's through 2027, 5.1 million. That would be the same length as Hayes, right? And that would be one one year longer than Hayes if you retain salary there. So mm-hmm. that, that Ristolainen contract. Chuck Fletcher is just the gift that, that, that keeps on giving with, with that. Gift that keeps on giving contract. is right. And also, every time I look at the Flyers cap friendly page and I look at their draft picks and I see that round two pick grayed out because they traded him for Tony D'Angelo. It's just, <laughs> it, every time it gets me. Round five, too, I believe. Oh, no. Round five was for something else. But it's it's just makes you want to pull your hair out oh round five was the uh McEwen for brendan lemieux trade e- even better oh my god that's right oh fuck man how did i chose a great time to follow this hockey team the chuck fletcher era was was a time um sorry but on the subject of rasmus ristolein and i'm actually i've got a hot take i don't want to trade him yet especially if there's salary retention involved. He, last year, was a very pretty good defensive defenseman, and it looks like this year he's doing more of that. I feel like you'd still be selling kind of low on him if you traded him now. If this continues into next year and he's still this good of a defensive defenseman, you might actually be able to get some pretty good value for him in the future, and you have the time to figure that out. I like that. This is going. This is going. You know, off script here, but I, I do think Rissalainen deserves a lot of credit for for the way he's played this season. Um, Truly, he's played 194 minutes with Igor Zamula. Their expected goals for is 51.2 percent. That's been his primary partner. The, the the five 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 pair, as I like to call them, the the, the fake phone <laughs> number pair. There, um, I love that. He's been been decent with Sealer, decent with Stall. He's you know, I don't think he's played with Sanheim much, if at all, this season. Which maybe that was just. A bad pairing because now we're seeing Sanheim playing better as well. You know, he had, he definitely had had his lumps there before the All Star break when he was he was worn down. We talked about last show from playing twenty five minutes a night pretty much every other night when when the Flyers played. But yeah, getting Ristolainen on on a pair with another big guy in Zamula, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that for the for the near future. Like have, having or or with York, he's been great with York, York too. I want to see him more with York because the one game that they had a full extended look, Travis Sandheim was sick. So they had York Risto as the top pair and they ate, I think, most of the minutes that night. Ristolainen had maybe the best game of his career. Cam York scored the only goal of the game to win 1-0. Like they were, they looked phenomenal. And I think it was after the game, York was like, yeah, I know where he's going to be because he doesn't really join the attack. So that allows me to go up and be more offensive because what's happened with the York Sandheim pair is that Sandheim is just quicker off the jump to get like up on the play. York is the one who ends up hanging back, even though they want him to be more offensively involved. So sticking York with Ristolainen, York is basically free to do whatever he wants in the offensive zone because he knows Ristolainen's back to uh, cover for any turnovers or breakouts by the uh, opposing team. 
Yeah, that, that, that's a good point there. It's just it's just the, the mix and match on the blue line because then okay, you have you have Sanheim Drysdale, you have York Ristolainen. It's like okay, who do you put with Zamula? Because I feel like Zamula is also probably benefiting from that steady presence of, of Ristolainen, and I don't know if yeah. Zamula would, would play well enough with with like a, a Ronnie Adder or, or Emil Andre or, or Adam Gidding coming up from from the AHL. So Emil Andre. Yeah, maybe the Flyers in one of their deadline deals get back like another young defenseman that they compare with Zimula. Like I, I would love to see that. Um, that's something you wrote about recently, like like targeting players over picks. Yeah. Um, just before I get into that, Zimula on Cap Friendly is listed as an LD and an RD. So the fact that he can switch between either side opens up a bit more opportunity on the bottom pair for prospects to come up and play. But uh, the article I did write was the Flyers find themselves in a playoff position, which is not something rebuilding teams usually have going for them. So at the deadline, obviously rebuilding teams just go for the draft picks because why wouldn't you, why would you need a player that you could stick on your roster um, to help you keep, to help you stay competitive through the rest of the season? Well, the Flyers have a reason to stay competitive through the rest of the season. They could make it into the playoffs a draft pick, if you can get like really good draft picks, go for it. But if you can get a young player who maybe hasn't carved out uh, a night-in, night-out role on their NHL roster, like Owen Tippett, and then you throw them onto your team, you've you've traded out an older asset for something that helps you now and in the future. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And like a lot of these teams that are going to want to trade and buy at the deadline for potentially Sean Walker, um, the Lightning are linked to him. The Lightning don't have um, many, many picks, if at all. I'm bringing up their Phil Myers, baby. Bring him back. (laughs) Phil Myers. (laughs) Well, yeah, Thomas wrote that Phil Myers would would thrive under John Tortorella. Give me a, yeah, give me a a Myers Zamula pair, 5 5. Imagine. Yeah, Myers Myers was was 5. Myers was him and Myers was five. Him and Sanheim, fifty six, uh, were, were, were great. Were great that year. But yeah, Lightning don't have a first or second this year. Don't have a first next year. So they likely have to trade some sort of players or picks. And I, I don't, I, I don't know if they have any good young players. Leafs have a first round pick, but no second mm-hmm. for the next three years. No first next year. I know uh, Nick Robertson is somebody there, brother of Jason Robertson, who's. No, decent prospect hasn't really panned out. Hasn't really gotten the chance too much in the NHL. He was he, killing he it in the me. AHL. He worries he me. Worries as like Wade Allison 2.0 because he's been injured so frequently. Um, like, but I would if if he's a return, you know, I'd I'd like to see that. Um, the Leafs also have Fraser Minton and um, Easton Cowan, who are intriguing prospects, but I think they're too young for the Leafs to give up on them quite yet yeah I, th- I think those guys are i think they were both in world juniors this year right mm. at least at least at least minton was i think minton definitely was and he kind of underwhelmed if i well that whole canadian team definitely <laughs> underwhelmed yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't think the flyers have have good enough pieces either to get one of them maybe if they gave like walker and lawton and like i could see the, the leafs doing something like that but also the leafs the thing with them is their cap situation is i think they have like $36,000 or something like something really, really small. So they'd have to trade 
give back something. I got TJ Brody's $5 million, but he's, he's been one of their only healthy, decent defensemen this year. Yeah, so. he's essential to them. Um, yeah. Is that even with all of the long-term injured reserve? Yeah, their projected cap space is uh, zero right now. Current cap space, wow. $34,999. So they would have Un- to do some finagling there. That's insane. <laughs> um, Jesus, they'd have to clear like Max Domi. Yeah, th- th- that's who I was looking at, Max Domi. But like Domi feels like a, a Scott Lawton type, like almost like a, the same player. And he has uh-huh. roots in Toronto. And I think he's been fitting in decently there. There's no way a Domi would ever play for the Philadelphia Flyers. I just no, cannot see no. that happening. Definitely not. We'll get, we'll, we'll get Ty Domi some uh, season tickets behind the penalty box, maybe. <laughs> get, get right back to him. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. Um, Thomas also wrote, like, the players the Flyers could target if they do target picks over players. Broberg of the Oilers definitely uh, intrigued me along with... Very intriguing. Along with uh, Nick Robertson. <laughs> Because the Oilers are the the thing about the Canucks also doing this is the rest of the West is going to have to load up as well. Like the arms race is starting now with the Canucks, True. and you're going to see Colorado, Edmonton, possibly the Kings. Kings have to do something to get, get back on track. Like there's the West Jesus. is yeah the West is open. Like the Oilers look like they're out of it. They're now the hottest team in the history of the sport. Almost like yep. it's. It, it's wide open and yeah, the trade trade season is open now with, with that, with that uh, Lindholm trade. Yeah. Um, there was one other player you mentioned in your article that I wanted to touch on quickly, which is Garnet Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when that contract was first signed, I was like, what the hell? What, why are we doing this? That has turned out to be such a good move. He has been so fun to watch on the fourth line and it works out great for him too. I think the reason this is totally like, you know, my theory on this. I think the reason he signed with the Flyers is that no team was willing to pay him what he felt he was owed because the cap was so flat. So he signed a two-year deal with the Flyers. He got that bag. And the reason it's two years is because when that second year kicks in, teams are going to have the cap space to sign him and pay him what he thinks he's worth. Like, it just... It works out real well for him and for the Flyers. Yeah, I was also confused when when the Flyers signed him because I think they already had Delorier. Delorier is going to mm-hmm. be here for for the fourth line, so you so you have him kind of pe- penciled in there. I don't know. H- Hathaway is fun to watch, but the more I looked into his numbers for that article, like he hasn't been good this year. He, he's hardly yet, contributed no. offensively. His expected goals for are among the the bottom on the team. Delorier, Lawton, and, and then Hathaway, like. And teams know that he is a playoff playoff hockey type of guy. Like he he's, he did that with with the Caps. The Bruins tried to do that last year until they choked in the first round. But he he played well in Boston for those whatever twenty five games he was there with them. He had the same he amount of points good. that he has with the Flyers in fifty games this year. So mm-hmm. I, I could see him being moved. I don't know if that would probably be like a, a mid to late round pick or, or a part of a package. I think the Flyer there, there's so many moving pieces that. I could see the Flyers, you know, doing like four separate trades, or I could see them doing like just yeah. two trades with like multiple pieces bundled. Yeah, and maybe this is even an off-season trade because the teams are going to have the cap space to bring on a guy like that, um, if you know they so choose to. Um, 
The good news about Nick Delorier, though, is that the no-trade clause expires at the end of June. So for the last two years of his contract, he has no movement protection, which means if a team does come calling, you can very easily uh, trade him out. I don't know. I, I'm fine having Nick Deloria on the fourth line. Like he'll, I don't, I don't know. Hathaway versus Deloria. If if I had to pick one, it mm-hmm. might be Hathaway because you see Deloria was back in the lineup against I forget who, and he fought like some other big enforcer guy, and they like just just stood there because like they're yeah. both so so much of like quote unquote professional fighters that like they're not gonna let the other guy get any big shots in so like what, what's the point if if and also no one's gonna fight him because he's one of the most feared fighters in the league so the only mm-hmm. person that would fight him is is uh someone else that probably shouldn't be in the lineup either for the other yeah. team so it's and it's hathaway good. hathaway at least can kill penalties like yes. he's real good at that um and i think hathaway has had one fight this year and he he, absolutely... he had he had two he had two in one game against the rangers on, on the, that was a black right. friday game that's right and in one of those fights, he just absolutely demolished the guy. <laughs> like it oh, wasn't yes. even Who it was wasn't that? even close. Um, oh, I gotta look it up because then, because um, then, yeah, that guy was then like on, on. Yeah, it was like out for the next few games. Dylan Cousins is who it was. Cousins, well, it was he was all like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hathaway just absolutely rocked him. Like it wasn't even close. So he doesn't fight that often, but when he does, oh my goodness, he just. Rexia, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, the, the the good thing is the Flyers. You know, they they may ultimately not trade a bunch of guys, but they're going to have people in rumors because they're, they're going to be one of the I feel mm-hmm. like most active teams on the phones at the very least, which is a a very welcome change after Chuck Fletcher was just sat next to the phone <laughs> waiting for people to call on his. It's too hard pending ufa it's too hard it's too, too hard, hard to, too hard too hard to make i understand that it's too hard to make a phone call sometimes i, I completely yeah. get that but yeah, yeah, i'm also yeah. not a general manager of, of a hockey team so yeah i feel like i feel like <laughs> if you take that job being willing to pick up the phone and, and make some phone calls when you need to make a trade should just, be one of the requirements i just can imagine because it i think it came out in the news last year that there's a whatsapp group of all 32 gms and that like as soon as you lose your GM job, you get booted from the WhatsApp group. But I can just imagine Chuck Fletcher sending a message to that group saying, hey, anybody want JVR? And then just getting a dead silence in return. Uh, and, that, and that was the extent of him trying to get a deal done. Um, yeah, he's like the one manager in, in like your your fantasy sports league that's like, oh, anyone want to trade? And then like whenever you... He never offers anybody anybody. He's like, oh, anyone want to trade? Like, it's just like, oh, come to me with offers. Like, no, you have you have to you have to work both ways. You have to put the effort in. Propose and and we're we're seeing that we're seeing that now, which is yeah. very refreshing. I mean, I know you weren't around for for the Hextall years. I was high on Hextall <laughs> early on. I was very optimistic, but obviously, looking back on it, that was a a huge mistake. So <laughs> I like how, how how transparent the Flyers are being. I like how you know uh, the front office seems to be very open with with the players, with the fans. So that's very refreshing to see. And one of the other points that I did make in that article, and I'm going to keep harping on it, is that good players on good teams don't get moved for chump change. You look at Calgary; they're not great, but they're not bad. And Lindholm, Tanev, and Hannafin are good players on maybe not a great or a good team, but not a terrible, awful, stinky team. You still gotta you still gotta pay to get those kinds of players out of those uh out of those franchises. So it bodes well for the Flyers that they're still playing well because it means like, oh, teams are gonna have to pony up. Um, 
Yeah, which, yeah. It's also good that like, sure, it, it may have like dampened the, the Flyers' potential, you know, market for Sean Walker. But after Tanev totally. and Walker, like the next right-handed defenseman on on the list is Labushkin of the Ducks, who's <laughs> very, very, very defensive, defensive defenseman. Yeah, he was with He's... Toronto last year. He's been good for the Ducks, actually, like surprisingly steadying for some of the rookies that they've uh, been playing with. Yeah, I mean, you could, I, I, yeah, he was with Toronto a few years ago, Buffalo last year. So maybe mm-hmm. he goes back to Toronto. Uh, Tyson Berry, who has, uh, you know, I, I know he made some waves earlier in the year because he was complaining mm-hmm. about not getting enough playing time because yeah. he's fallen off a cliff since uh, leaving Edmonton. So that was a, a good trade for the Oilers, getting, getting that home for him. And then yeah, it's like big. it's like they have Chickren on this list, Andrew Peak, Andrew Peaky from from Columbus. So, it mm-hmm. I mean the Flyers do have some leverage with Walker being one of the very few definitive top four right-handed guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm I want them to trade him to Dallas because Dallas has so many good assets and they desperately need a player like Sean Walker. I want to see them. Oh, give me, give me Maverick Burke. Give me Logan Stankovic. Give me something from Dallas. We've got so many interesting prospects that I'd love to see. But uh, maybe that's a future episode. We can look at even more prospects. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, we'll take all, all the trade deadline content we can get over the next, yeah. uh, what is it? I think it's five weeks from tomorrow is the trade deadline. I think it's a Friday, March March 8th, March 9th. March 8th, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, March In 8th. Eternity. So. Yeah, it's it's February now, so trade trade deadline season is, is officially open. Plus, the I mean the the, the Lindholm trade, obviously. Yeah, um, but speaking of trades, other players with term, we've got it here on the agenda. We've talked about pretty much everyone else, but there's one particular all star <laughs> with a year left on his contract that we we should talk about. Uh, whether they yeah. should trade or not. Yeah, we, we talked about it a lot last show, so I don't want to get into it necessarily too deep. Go back and listen to that one. It's it's an off week. Nothing has changed watching the past few days. But Travis Konechny, uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, Kelly Hinkle accused me of wanting to trade him, but he's just the Flyers' best asset right now. And yeah. uh, Friedman came out, uh, I think, on NHL Network on Monday, said that you know, he thinks the Flyers are, are trying to Resign him, trying to lock him up next after getting Tippett locked up to a great contract. Tippett's contract is, is going to be fantastic. And Konechny is, the, he'll be 29. He'll be 27 um, in March. He'll be like 29 when the Flyers are actually starting to really get competitive. And I could see him, you know, signing a seven, eight million dollar deal. No, no, he'll probably a little, little bit more than Tippett. What did Tippett get? Tippett got um, 6.2. Is here. 6.2. I could see Konechny getting like a, a, a seven, eight million to, to stay in Philly. He's been great under Tortorella. He's taken huge steps forwards. He's turned into like a, a he, he plays in all situations. He's, yeah, I think he's tied for the lead, lead, league lead in shorthanded goals, or he's mm-hmm. one shy of it, depending that. Like he's good on the PK, good on the power play, even though it's not a good power play. No, it's bad. Well, but most of his points thing- have come at even strength. So that's even more impressive, honestly. Yeah, I did see one particular. It was just in a re- reply to the Lindholm trade last year. It was or last night, an Oilers fan on Twitter replying saying like, "Oh, well, looks like we're getting Gensel or Konechny now." So I don't know if Konechny is going to be start being in rumors, especially if the Penguins take Gensel off the uh, 
uh, off the table or if they resign him. I mean, we, we'll, we'll see if Konechny sneaks up on any of these these trade baits over the next but, few weeks. So for Konechny, I figure his next contract he'd probably be have to pay have to be paid more than Sean Couturier. It just I can't see a world where he makes less than Couturier. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd, I'd say eight millions probably a decent ballpark. Another are are sites that have contract projections. I haven't looked at them yet though. Yeah. My my big question is what kind of return would it take for you to move him? Like what what assets do you need to see to be even having a conversation about moving Travis Konechny? Well, yes, I, I saw you add his name to the show sheet before recording. So I tried to find like similar players that have been traded in the past few years and there really aren't that many. Um no. Like there there's it's Bo Horvat may have been one of the closest things last year, but Bo Horvat was a rental who then signed immediately with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a, a decent trade for Vancouver. They got they got Bavillier, uh, they got Ratty in a, in a in a first round pick. That that's the um, pick they flipped to get Hronik too. So yes, it very yeah. much worked out for them. <clears throat> yeah, looking back to 2022, um, the Rangers got Andrew Kopp, but he was a, a rental center. For a first round pick, a second round pick, and a fifth round pick. So, like, I would need definitely a first, possibly two firsts, or the equivalent level of, of prospect plus something else. Like, I, I also think, uh, as we say with almost every every player here, this would be an off season trade because I want to. The Flyers yeah. need to know what they have to come in to replace him. They're like, yes. okay, Tippett. They have Tippett can play top top line wing. Is Forster going to end up being a top six guy? Will he be a middle six guy? Will he figure out shooting at the NHL or will he just be a good two-way guy? Bobby Brink, can he be more than a, a, a depth scoring option? Uh, Noah Cates, can he, can he be top six? Can he be bottom six? Frost, obviously, figuring out if he's going to be a center, where, where he's going to play. And then maybe even, you know, who falls to them in the, in the draft? If they if they target those defensemen you were talking about in the draft, if one of the, if a forward drops to them, like, I feel like there's a lot of factors that play there, but to trade Konechny now in season, I think I would need a first round pick, a young roster player, and something else. So I would agree with you and say it's probably not going to be a deadline move. And I would also say I don't trade him unless that he you said it too. This is the Flyers' most valuable asset. The only circumstance that you should trade Travis Konechny is if it gives you a clear like definite path to getting a first line center or maybe a first line defenseman. I do not want like a, a late first round pick for Travis Konechny. And I, any number of them is not going to be enough for me to want to trade him unless I'm able to flip those picks for a first line caliber center or a first pair. Note about No doubt about it, number one defenseman. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything like, less is just not good enough. Yeah, I was thinking about this before the show, and I forgot to mention it just then. But like a first round pick, you're you're giving up Travis Konechny, who you know what he is, you know how good he can be, mm-hmm. and a first round pick, even if it's like a first half of the draft, that's no, that's not a guarantee. Even if no. you get two picks in the top twenty or twenty five. It's, I mean, it gives you two chances, but it's not necessarily a guarantee to get anything. So, yeah, I think I agree. I, I would need to get a, a young center with, I mean, his floor being second line, his potential being top line. Like Tim Stutzla. That, that's 
that's what. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> Let's we're, do it. We're, we're, we're gonna manifest it. I mean, yeah, they got Stutzel. They got Norris. They got they got Greg. Like they they have. Ottawa is gonna be uh, Ottawa is gonna be a team that I'm I, I'm gonna be talking about. The Flyers should 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 head up and try to try to steal somebody from there because I think Danny Briere could could get a, get a good de- good deal done. I mean, and we joked about it in the uh, meeting last night, but with Lindholm now in Vancouver, that's too many Eliases. They have Pedersen and Lindholm. Yeah. You can't have you can't have two Eliases. You gotta <laughs> you gotta trade one of those. Um, so. Yeah, if if you can yeah. get Elias Pettersson in a Travis Konechny deal, that's also something I would. No, I mean Bill Match is leading the charge. It's an offer sheet. Danny Briere is going to come in and change the game on offer sheets. He's going to offer sheet like three <laughs> guys this summer over the next few years, and just you know, Ugh. offer sheets. The thing with offer sheets is like they never the, happen. They never happen because the compensation is awful. The compensation yeah. you're giving up way too much. Like even the Shea Weber offer offer sheet, it was, and yeah, teams are going to match it unless unless it's something ridiculous. So it's they need to somehow change offer sheets, but there's so much other stuff wrong with the NHL that that's so far down the list that it'll never happen. I know. I I found out later. So I think in our conversation yesterday, it was like, oh, if the Flyers get a first round pick for Sean Walker and maybe another first round pick, they have four for 2024. They can just trade all of those as part of the offer sheet for Pedersen. But apparently it doesn't work like that. You have to trade your own first round picks. So they would lose, the Flyers would lose their own first round pick for each of the next four seasons. Um, like you can't bundle them together with picks you've acquired in a trade. Hmm. Which, that's that's tough. That's a bummer. That's that's a bummer. Um but you know, I've been red pilled on this now. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Because they should have. Is... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what the Flyers are missing. The Flyers are missing a a, a top line center caliber caliber player on their roster. I mean, I love Couturier. I think he can you know play a top line for the next few years. But yeah, not enough contender. <laughs> maybe maybe they make Michkov. Maybe they put him at, at center a little bit. Try try that out in a few years. But like. You also need somebody else in case that doesn't pan out. Even if he's a good center in the KHL with the wider rinks, it may not mm-hmm. translate translate over here. So that's hey, what they're Ty- missing. Tyson Forrester at center. Let me red pill you on that one because he played center in juniors, like, and he's playing so well defensively. Hmm. What if he just Forrester uh, at center? What if we put Forrester at center? He's playing so well defensively. He's got that acumen. I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't hate trying to move him him to center, but I would rather just get get a get a natural center. I'm really that's good, proven yeah. proven himself. Yeah, but yeah. There, there's not too many great ones out there. Um, no, it's and they don't they don't move very often. No, no. Yeah. When, when you get a one C, you lock them up pretty good. Yeah. The Devils did that real well with Heashier and Hughes. I can't believe Jack Hughes signed that contract, but you know what? Good for them. <sighs> yeah, good for them for the Devils. Another another championship off season for them. They can they can raise a banner for being the off season champions. Yep, but until they hoist the Stanley Cup, it means nothing. <laughs> um, but uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you: Are you going to be watching the All Star Game at all? Or are you going to? Um. Unfortunately, I'm a sicko, so I will be watching the All Star festivities. <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, oh, "I don't care about it." Like, 
it, it does help that Konechny's in it. Konechny's one of my favorite players, so it'd be nice watching him. Um, yeah, I, I do have some good good Flyers All Star memories. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have Do you have any? Uh, have you been watching All Star games during your Flyers fandom? And, and if so, what are your uh, All Star game memories? I've watched two. So last year is with Kevin Hayes, yeah. which is kind of a bland nothing burger. And then the year before with Giroux as his last uh, all-star yes. game as a flyer. And I I am convinced that that's where he started chatting with Jonathan Huberdeau. And Huberdeau was like, hey, man, you should come play in Florida. <laughs> and then that's how like the ball got rolling for the Giroux to the Panthers trade. Hmm. Um but he was the MVP that year too, right? He was the yeah, MVP of was. the All-Star game. He won a car. Cool. He did. Um, yeah. But this will be the first time that I'm seeing the NHL All-Star draft. And I have yeah. read up on The Athletic today. They did like a kind of like an oral history of the last All-Star draft where everybody got wasted and was having just a grand old time. Um, but because they're drafting... I have three questions. Number one, who do you think is getting picked first? Who do you think is getting picked last? And where do you think Travis Konechny is going to get picked? That draft is tonight, isn't it? That, that's mm-hmm. in, in a few minutes here. Well, the thing I, I don't like about the draft this year is that they have captains and then assistant captains who are like like Austin Matthews has Morgan Riley, McDavid has Dreisaitl, McKinnon has McCarr, and and Jack and Quinn or, or co-captains. I mean, Jack's out of the game now, so I'm not sure if it's going to be who's going to be his co-captain there. Oh, it's still Jack, I think. I think they said that Jack Hughes is still going to be like co-captaining the team. He's just not going to be playing or something wild okay. like that. Yeah, because I saw Barzell's like replacing him in the All Star Skills competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't first first pick. Um, out of these players, I don't even know who the All Stars are, honestly. Um. <laughs> Depends who gets first pick. Um, I would imagine. Do the Leafs have another All Star? Is Marner an All Star? Who is it this year? Well, it's Matthews, right? Did Nylander, Nylander not N- get picked? Nylander's an All Star. Um, uh, Kucherov's there. He's, he's a, possibly Pasta. Pasta's a good one. I'm going to assume Austin Matthews gets the first pick because it's it's in his hometown, and he'll he'll take Willie. Yeah. Interesting thing though is who's going to take connecting. I I. I don't know if he 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 really vibe with any of those captains. Maybe the Hughes brothers. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, this is all great great content as you listen after. Yeah, you say, sorry. I happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I just got distracted because I was just checking Twitter and they just showed Travis Konechny walking the red carpet for I the All Star yes. game. He is wearing <laughs> the shiniest embossed suit imaginable <laughs> and i just was like wow great choice bud good um, for him good for him no i i bet he gets picked by the hughes why not i'll say he goes yeah. the hughes brothers pick him up yeah but interesting to see who, who gets picked last or isn't that aren't, aren't they doing something where there is no last pick or something like i, I think after phil kessel you... got picked last they were like <laughs> yeah we can't do this anymore um did the uh did the oral history have ov wanted to get picked last so he won a car yeah, that, that include that. Yeah, that yep. was fun. That was but they time. didn't even. Um, I think when it got down to two players, they just split them evenly, and then that was that was that. So it was the last yeah. two players. 
Yeah, I know they've been doing that in, in the NBA, and I think they did something similar. But I, I'm happy the draft is back. I'm happy the skills competition is being revamped a bit. I would like to see everyone participate rather than just the top 12 guys. But, you know, small changes, small changes here and there. But yeah, only the diehard sicko hockey fans, I think, are watching this. And some people don't even know what's happening. So that that shows yeah. you how well the NHL markets its stars. Like, I, I didn't know the draft was tonight. I thought the skills competition was Saturday, and it, that's that's Friday. So, Listen, I just found out the draft was uh... – Five minutes. I just found out five minutes ago when you said, "Oh, the draft is tonight." I was like, "Oh, really?" I thought that was like on Friday or Saturday. So, um, yeah. yeah. Thanks, NHL. Do better. Th- Thursday night, six o'clock, prime time for for NHL All Star Draft. Oh, baby. Um. All right. That's uh, probably going to wrap things up here. Anything? Any? Okay. Any last parting shots here before we close it out? Uh, no, not really. Um. All-Star Weekend means there's not a lot of exciting new news. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe something spicy will happen. Now that now that Lindholm's traded, that opens the gates. Maybe Danny B's going to do some 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 magic here before Travis Konechny gets back into uh, Philadelphia. <sighs> not trading him, not trading him, just like other magic, no. other other trade. Well, it was interesting that, that Lindholm was in the air on his way to Toronto when they were trying to finalize the trade uh, last night. So he, he he went there. He he uh, he went there as a flame, and he landed as a Canuck. Wait, is he the All Star choice for the Flames? Yeah, I, uh, so I, guess, <laughs> I guess they have no one now. Oh my god, that's hilarious! I did not realize that he was the All Star selection. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now they now they have none. Poor Calgary. Poor, damn, they've really been going through it, man. First, Johnny Gaudreau wants out, and then Kachuk wants out, and Huberto isn't Huberto sucks. what they needed him to yeah. be. Weaker has been great, at least. Weaker's good. Rasmus Anderson, Rasmus Anderson is, 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 a, is a great defenseman as well there. Yeah. They have some stuff. They just, nobody wants to play there. No. 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 Um, all right. Make sure you are subscribed to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast. Hopefully, coming to you at least once a week. Hopefully, twice a week throughout the at least the trade deadline, as we have a lot of rumors and stuff to go through. Make sure you check out the website broadstreethockey.com. Getting a lot of uh, content up there around the rumors analysis. Uh, we'll be uh, having some blogs if Connecting does anything interesting this, this weekend. So make sure you oh, yeah. check that out. And uh, Ryan, where can the people uh, find you? Oh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And uh, how about you, Joe? You can find me on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it's it. Twitter. It is. It is Twitter, Twitter, and it will always be Twitter because anytime it is mentioned in a news article, it's described as X, formerly known as Twitter. Yes. <laughs> um, but you can find me there. I'm at JF Demarini. Uh, yeah, I basically just use it to tweet about hockey. So. That's what it's all about. And yes, oh, make sure you, uh, if you're in the $10 tier, get in the get in the Broadway Hockey Discord. We'll be having a, some good discourse in the Discord. Whoa, nice one. Discourse, Discord. <laughs> Woo. All right, everyone. Until next time. Take it easy, See folks. See ya.